Hello, and welcome to Gatsby Fridays, a show about getting the best out of a creative life from two creative directors working around the world and based in New York City. I'm your host, Alex Chimileo. And I'm Sarah Semi. And today is our love letter to New York City. We'll be going to our old haunts and places that we love and hold true to our hearts in downtown New York. And on our last stop, we'll be sharing a cocktail with you. So hang with us as we write our love letter to New York City. I'm your host, Alex. And I'm Sarah. And, and this, this is Gatsby, Gatsby Fridays. Fridays. So Alex, our first stop at Angelica. Oh my goodness. So we're recording this, of course, during the time where uh, movie theaters are still closed and a lot of indoor spaces that we would typically go to are closed at the moment. But Angelica, what a history. We are on Mercer and Houston. And, Houston, and it's on the corner. And what an amazing film house it was. What was your favorite movie that you saw there? I mean, favorite, I don't know, but most memorable would be City of God. City of God, yes. And the posters are up for that now. And I don't know if they did it and since they're not showing that they're putting up their most memorable ones because there's also an old, in the mood for love and all One that stuff. One of my favorite like, movies. Like they're older, they have kids poster up. So like they have some older posters up. I, was, I'm, I just don't know if they put them up because they were supposed to do an old movie. That was, that shook me to my core. It was so realistic. I didn't even know what we were watching. Because back then, you and I would just go to movies. We would pick whatever was fit our schedule, and we would show up, whether it's good or not. Just so people know, we are actually recording live on the street now. So you'll be hearing sounds that are just street sounds going by. Some great tunes going on at the moment while cars are stopped. Which is all good. We'll let that, we'll let that pass by for a few <laughs> minutes. Enjoy the um, grooves. Back then we would go see movies, whatever fit our schedule. We had like once a week movie night, and we saw so many different types of movies, whatever was available from Legally Blonde to City God. <laughs> I remember you were like, I can't believe you made me watch Legally Blonde. But I, I remember clearly which room uh, downstairs at yes. Angelica I saw City of God in. I did not know what I was getting myself into. I had no like, no, I research everything before I show up, whatever. Like we walked in. It was already such a heavy subject matter. You get lost in it. And at the end, I didn't even know it was based on a true story. And when I read that, I remember feeling literally rocks in my stomach. And at the end of that, like I went home and and that stayed with me for like three days. And that movie still is with me when I think about it. The, the shock of the fact that it was a true story. And then afterwards, I learned that, you know, the director actually gave street kids real guns and stuff like that. They're not maybe completely ethical in terms of how they were like you know used in in the filming of the of this but it was just yeah so like there's a lot of memories around this neighborhood and there's uh kelly and ping across the street that we would eat dinner there and then come or vice versa that was on green street is it green green or mercer like right green around the corner from this new york memories like when i came to new york i was already obsessed with great expectations from 2000 oh no actually 1999 winner paltrow and ethan hawk and there's that rain scene where he walks in and she's having dinner and then he walks in and asks her to dance and she's sitting there with her fiance and he just like she holds his hand and they leave the restaurant people are dumbfounded and that was kelly and ping so the first time i walked into kelly and ping in 2001 internship i was like dumbfounded i because you know you grew up in new york so like locations of being like in movies i grew up in istanbul and then i came to new orleans so new york because that, that was my first, like, oh, my God, Kelly and Ping. <laughs> See, my, my memories of Kelly and Ping are the really good pad thai. 
and dumplings. <laughs> mm, yeah, the first time yeah. I ever had summer rolls. It was really good pins. there. Patsy U and summer the rolls. Patsy U. They had a good lunch special when 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 uh, when they were serving lunch there. That was a good place. That was yeah. such a good place. This neighborhood has changed a lot, huh? Because wow. for a while, like there was this one, the original one, and then they opened up an East Village and they opened up a bunch of locations. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought this was the only the only no, one. No, they did was try to Street. expand at some point. There's that place that became the Namwa Parlor on Fourth oh, Avenue and Ten. That's a good one. Which is now expanding also. But yeah, back still then, around. when the you know the fusion Thai food was a hit, like early 2000s in New York City. Like, so good. That was that was the heat of the like the, the fusion Thai. Modern environment, authentic flavors, sweetened up for the American palate. Mm. Makes me hungry for Thai food. <laughs> what was your favorite movie at Angelica? You know, I re so I'm thinking about the Angelica and I remember the the interior and you remember the cloud ceiling and then they had those huge uh, old posters. Yeah. Like they would have like the Wolfman or Casablanca, but these really enormous, I can't even, like the sizes were, I don't know, eight feet by six feet or something. Yeah. Bye. Keep going. Movie theaters like that are going up by the wayside. I mean, I don't think that they're going to be opening a movie house similar to the Angelica anytime soon. But No, I mean, there was Angelica and Sunshine. We already lost it. Sunshine. I'm, I'm surprised that Angelica is still around. Did you know that the physical building Sunshine is actually not there. The, the entire building the is entire gone. The entire building is <gasps> gone. Sunshine. It's, we also saw so many things there. That was a good. That was a cool place to go. I saw movies. adaptation there. That was oh, a good Charlie one. Oh, Charlie Kaufman. Yeah. That was a really good one. That one. That one should. Spike Jones. That one really bent my mind a lot too. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Uh, Nicholas Cage. Mm -hmm. And then what's his Chris? So good. Chris something. I forget his name. He was also the dad in Great Expectations. Chris Cooper. Yes. Chris Cooper. Yeah. yeah. Great but my m one memorable film that I remember seeing was actually a documentary at the Angelica, and it was the year punk broke. And that was the documentary on Sonic Youth and Nirvana when they were touring Europe mm. with the Foo Fighters. That is still you. Oh, that my God. I, was, I, mean, I, bought, I bought the VHS tape. That's how long ago this was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? We saw our first movie together in Angelica. The kid stays in the picture. <gasps> Love we that saw film. that there. We saw it was in Was that really there at the yeah. Angelica? We saw it in Angelica. Oh, and that's so when good. The, the documentary on summer uh, Robert, of 2002. Um, Robert Evans. Yep. And I didn't even know who he was, but I learned so much. It was summer of 2002. You had left G&G &G and I was still working. I had just started working in the city. He passed away. Um, Recently. A, a few years, years ago. ago. You and I exchanged emails over that. Oh my goodness. That was such a, yeah, I, that's, I, I would love to see that now. I know, I, I, I wonder how I would react to it if I saw that now. But see, this is how much history Angelica has. I'm like, mm. I forgot about that. And like, all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, it's the kids so stays in the movie. The very first film that you and I started our movie nights with. Welcome back to Gatsby Fridays. So we took a walk from Angelica to Lafayette and Fourth, where... The, studio, the design agency we met at used to be. So Sarah, um, this is pretty much the block where it all got started. It is, and I used to live really close to here too when I first started working there. So like this was everything revolved around in this block radius for me. The, the studio was on the fourth floor of this beautiful brick building, which is now Aster Wines, but back then it was Serafina. And Aster Wines used to actually be in Aster Place. Aster Place. 
Um, so when they moved, when they moved back, we lost our storage space because that became the Answer Wine storage space because they owned the building. And Serafina left and became Aster Wines, and that's been like it's, it's been long enough. The, st the agency is not even there anymore. So on but the corner of uh, Lafayette yeah. was uh, the Tower Records annex. Of, was it well, the there is a the world. Well, the video was on the east south side, yeah. and then the record store, which was the World Music Corner, was here. And I remember when the Pearl Jam with the Avocado album uh, came out. We could see the line around the corner from the office windows when people like rotating around, like from wrapping around from like corner to corner to corner all the way to Broadway to get an album to buy the so actual buy album. An actual album, like a physical album. That's God, amazing. we're old. That is amazing. Yeah. So this this yeah. block is block just. Well, it hasn't. No, the B bar at the end is still there. It's still, it's still, it's weird. Like it's such a unique place. It's not. You would never travel down anywhere from anywhere to go to B bar. But when you're in this neighborhood, you know it's reliable. You know what you're gonna get out of it, and it's always been a solid choice. And they have a huge backyard, which is. Back then, it was more rare in New York than now. There's more out. Well, right now, everything's outdoors. But back then, it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I used to, I remember Swift. I mean, Swift has so many memories of like <laughs> post-work drinks, but our latest one is we both had a Citibank debit card and it looked the same. So we swapped cards without realizing. So there was a forced hangout the next day to oh be able God, to exchange yes. the cards. And that's the last time I was at Swift. <laughs> That was such a good time. It's also not as old as like, it's not 20 years ago. It's like, what, five, six years ago, maybe? That wasn't that, that, wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago. Like the, know, the agency and Tower Video, like now it's an NYU like student services building, I think. So this is one of the few blocks that I feel that has not changed as much just because there wasn't that much really going on here. Yeah. Wasn't there a garden around here somewhere? Like a flower shop garden? Or was it another block? Could have been. Um, this is a lot right here. No, that was never the flower shop. It was on the south side of the street. Maybe it's another block. Maybe it's one up. Um, so what we're doing is we're recording this right now from the uh, Merchant House Museum. And I've never been into this museum. I actually didn't realize there was a museum down the street four years that I worked in that office. Clearly, it didn't make much of a presence. The building is beautiful. It is. I, um, I remember I learned about this co-op in the East Village from one of the guys uh, at the agency to go buy dried mango. Like, I'd never had it before like that. Like, no preservatives, no, like, sulfur. So it's, like, really rubbery. It's almost like mango jerky. And I didn't know where else to find it. And I, like, went crazy for it. So I would just, I would go. It was the first time I, like, I didn't know what a co-op was. I discovered all of that culture there, the whole hippie, like, people. Where, where was it? It's on, like, East. Fourth, like first, like fur further down on Fourth Street. Awesome. It's That's cool. So crazy. That's okay. We're um, getting we're, we're recording on the street, so you'll be getting a lot of street sounds. Oh, skater boys going down. It's downtown New York. Yes. I miss downtown. I do as well, especially doing this walk. Tower video, like I discovered Patsy Cline there because I ran out of movies to rent, and there's Jessica Lange planes plays Patsy Cline and Ed Harris is the husband. Another reason why I will never get on small planes. We lose a lot of celebrities in small planes. 
she was one of them, one of the earlier ones. But she she was the boss. Like she made the money. She was the she was the fame. She was the one that brought the money. Like she was, and she recorded beautiful songs, which is why I started liking country music. I think at that point, um, and to and that lasted for me. Like it impacted my life to a point where when I was at Art Center, Hatchell Print, which is the letterpress studio from. Um, print shop from Nashville who used to print the actual like posters, um, posters from like yep and the the director of the press came and like he was selling a bunch of prints and I still have this like my only prized possession of purchased like real artwork is it's a one-of-a-kind hatchel print of Patsy Klein. it's a like multi colors in the background and the letter O is printed as a golden halo over her head mm. and I saw that and I was like, oh my God, Patsy Klein. So he like, he and I had like a little, little moment there because not everybody recognizes who she is. And I was like, I had to have it like that. So good. <laughs> um, so like that, that Tower Records, like, you know, like it's Tower Video. You rented a bunch of videos. Like people talk about Blockbuster. For me, it was that particular Tower Video that I rented everything that I caught up in pop culture about. And at the Tower Annex, they had a little book section. And I remember buying a couple of photography Oh, I didn't know that. There was Time Cafe across the street, which is Lafayette now. Oh, wow, Time Cafe. Yes. Uh, one block down is, now it's Dick Blake, but back then it was some sort of other art store. And I'd never been, and I was for the first time I was going to go, I remember I was asking Eric Z, be like, can you please, like, they wanted me to go pick up some supplies. I think I was, a, I must have been an intern, because it's like, can you just tell me, can you just, like, draw a little map on the paper, tell me where to go? And he was like, you'll find it. And you I did. No, I wandered around no. like an idiot for 30 minutes in a block radius because I didn't know where I was going. He was like, just go straight down. And of course, he gave me terrible directions. Maybe he did it on purpose. I wouldn't be surprised to make me walk around a little extra. Make, make sure you, you um, familiarize yourself with the neighborhood. Yeah, like there's a lot of things there now, like our condos that used to be a diner and it became a junkyard for a while across the street from Atla now on Lafayette. Okay. Um, I remember it was a it was a diner that was almost on its last legs in 2001 and when I started working in 2002 it was gone. Stayed a junkyard for the longest time. Now they're building condos there. Building condos everywhere. Uh-huh. So this neighborhood actually cleaned up and got polished over the last 20 years that I've been around it. It's also a scene for the movies. Yes, many movies were filmed here, but you remember a specific movie that was being filmed while you were working. No, I wasn't working here. You were working, but I remember, I, I recognized it when I was watching the movie, but I wasn't working here just yet. Someone Like You with Ashley Judd and Hugh Jackman and Craig Kinnear. And it is one of my favorite. I think they did better romantic comedies in the 90s. Like, it was such a good film. I still, I own it, and I own very, very few <laughs> digital movies, and I like, I love that movie so much. And there's a whole like, no, like, digitally owned through Apple. Oh, oh, did, like, yes. Yeah, as a download. Yes, as a download, but like I own it, so I can rewatch it whenever I want, wherever I want, kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's the, and they they used to work in the same building. Like the the scenario was that the TV station that they were working at was in the same building as our office was, and then the big yoga house Shiva Mukti used to be on Lafayette, right across the street. So there's a scene where the movie walks into the yoga studio too. But I started doing yoga at that location in Shiva Mukti there. Then in 2006, Jyomukti moved to Union Square. And this past year, what a good timing for them. They shut down their physical location in Union Square end of December. And imagine, like, the, you know, 
What a good timing for them because they wouldn't be able to keep it open two months after they gave up the lease. So that was like, for me, losing Jiva Mukti as a physical location was also like a loss that you feel in New York. Sometimes your favorite spots change, which is what makes New York so interesting to me is that you keep going into these places and like they change names, but you're still here. And I'm like, well, this used to be this and then now it's that. And I've definitely been here, but it wasn't this. The establishment changes and it keeps the look fresh. I remember on, on the, north, the north side of 4th Street, on Lafayette, between Lafayette Street and Broadway, was a smaller independent uh, uh, record store called Other Music. And I would buy CDs there, and I remember one time, go, and this was just on my lunch break, going down to just see what CDs were available, and they had a kind of a chalkboard just above the register that would uh, highlight what shows were going on. And the night that, uh, the the day that I was there, um, Fugazi was performing at Maxwell's in Hoboken, New Jersey. And Fugazi is like one of my favorite bands of all, punk bands of all time. And the tickets were going for five bucks. What? Yes. So I bought two tickets, called up Kevin Charles and said, what are you doing tonight? <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And he said, I don't know what's going on. And I said, I have two tickets to go see Fugazi. And he was like, I, I think he didn't even hang up the phone and there was a plume of smoke and he was right there. <laughs> <laughs> and we went yeah. and it was such an awesome show. So, yeah. and, that, and, that book, and that record store is gone. Yeah, that's been Confirmed. gone. There was a little coffee shop next to it. I would sneak out of the office in the afternoons and buy Red Bull. Back then, I used to drink Red Bull. I used to drink Red Bull during the day and then I used to drink Red Bull vodka during the night. Mm. Oh, that's for the wicked. Man, it means to be young. Um, <laughs> I think that's about this this particular like corner. I I like I I love this place. Like this street, I still always want to now because I don't live down here. Like I want to go back to B Bar just because I want to reminisce about this neighborhood. A lot of history in this yeah. just on this block right here. I mean. Poetically, I can say I grew up in that studio. I learned everything I need to learn. I think maybe we need an episode on that experience of working there and um, to pay some homage to that experience. Maybe next episode. I think we could do that. So technically, the route, like this very start of Gatsby Fridays is before my time when yeah. you were working at G&G. You and the designers would go to Savoy for Champagne Fridays. They were called Champagne Fridays at the time. And yes, yeah, Savoy is no longer there. That was a cool place. But then we moved it over to Marion's. And I don't know if you know why. Actually, do you know the story of why we moved it to Marion's? No. Okay, so. That I don't even know. The next spot we're going to be hitting is uh, the Bowery Hotel. Sorry. The Bowery Hotel. And so we decided, let's go to the Bowery Hotel since it was actually closer to the office. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then when we went in we decided okay so let's have champagne and one glass of champagne was $25 for one Even glass back then? back then Jesus. but at Marion's a whole bottle was $25 <laughs> okay so then so Marion's is on the west side between 4th and Great Jones on Bowery, on Bowery yeah. it used to and it changed so many names since then so oh. Marion's Marian's. I remember going to Marion's with you. Last time I was there was when I was in grad school in LA. I came back the first Christmas, and you, me, and another girlfriend of mine 
we had bottles of champagne downstairs in the oh, basement Oh my there. goodness, yeah, they had the downstairs area with the low ceiling. Mm -hmm. That was a cool spot. It was. That was so a really cool spot. After that, it became Ashon Dumbo. Yes. For a while, that was cool too. And then I don't even know when that went away. And we were just walking over from- Just today. From our last spot when we were in the stoop of the of the museum, we were just swinging over to take a look, and guess what? The doors were open. There were two very nice gentlemen inside, and we had a little chat. And it's coming back as Sunny Brown. Sunny Brown, um, an Italian an Italian eatery and bar, and, and we're, we're we're excited for that as well. And you know what? Like that's what I love the, that about downtown New York. All of a sudden, we just made friends with these two guys because we were asking about the place, and we just stopped by. Door was open, quick conversation, and I'm so excited. This is one of the most amazing things about New York that I was just saying before that I've been to that spot under every Many establishment, times. and I'm still gonna come back when it's sunny brown and whatever it becomes after that. I'm still gonna be here because that's what it is about New York. Is that the city evolves and changes and it always and reinvents, it, reinvents, reinvents itself, itself. Yes. That's, I, that's one of the most exciting things about new york it never gets old never gets old you lose some spot you reminisce still to this day polino's it wasn't the best pizza but it was the best environment to hang out grab a pizza amazing cocktails because it was a baltazar's bar bar culture like their their, their bartenders were from baltazar so like it's, it was the same company Mary's Best. had good food too. I think it was Southern. I don't remember the food there. It was good. The food was well, good like, there. Yeah. So like, I don't have this like heartbroken feeling about Marion's not being there anymore. And I don't feel heartbroken about Hesh on Dumbo either. I no. do feel heartbroken about Polino's on Houston and Bowery back in the day. I think that's why this episode is about a love letter to New York and like just walking around and reminiscing about what it was and what it's going to be next time. We picked up, we picked actually a very good day to be walking around. Oh my God, it's so <laughs> nice and breezy too. <laughs> so after stopping by at Marion's, which is soon to be Sunny Brown, good we place. took a little walk around Elizabeth. Elizabeth Street where I used to live for five years, best apartment I've ever had, 250 Elizabeth. Um, reminiscing about Rice, which moved up from somewhere on Mott Street to like north side of Elizabeth. There's a little sliver of Elizabeth left on north side of Houston. And then getting to the corner where it's a rag and bone store now, but it used to be Cafe Colonial, where we used to have dinners. <laughs> so I feel like we're doing like this real big food tour. Well, it's also like memories are made in places where they serve you memories, drinks. <laughs> memories are made with food and cocktails. So um, it's good, yeah. I remember I had my very first mojito ever at Cafe Colonial with you, actually. And when Rag and Bone took over that spot, the neighborhood was so upset that we lost another like neighborhood key place to retail. Um, they kept a wall where they had the mural as a as an homage to the restaurant and then they started they, they kept leasing it to artists for street art actually that wall neck on the on the elizabeth side of corner and they kept the inside stonework where like you can see the store they didn't like break down the walls in between where the restaurant was and where the kitchen was so you walk in in the corner where the cafe area was is the denim corner now you go through this really tiny little small door in the back where the shoe area is 
is used to be the kitchen of Cafe Colonial. So like the ground has all those like old stonework, like tiny little stones, all mismatched and uneven ground. Like they at least kept all of that, which I really appreciate with like Rag and Bone store when you walk in, they kept part of that restaurant in a way. It was still a great, great Brazilian eatery. Yeah. I really, I really liked the food that was there. And then we went further down Elizabeth Street and reminisced about all the, all the uh, restaurants that were there and bars that were there. That couldn't survive because real estate in New York City is ridiculous. I'm hoping maybe this the, the upside of of all of this COVID situation is hopefully maybe going to... We just got our cocktails. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, so Alex is having... I'm having a dirty martini, Bombay. And I'm, having, I'm having a house cocktail with vodka and cucumber and mint, which is literally like what I make at home for myself. So I figured we've we've done this great tour, Sarah, of, of downtown, all of our old haunts. And I thought, what more better way to end this episode was with a classic New York martini. That is a very good call. Yes. I feel like, I mean, New York has no shortage of neighborhoods that we can, we can do this, like, we went through like a couple block radius, only around like- Not very- it's not that it's not that far but this is literally has been my life for 15 years in this area my first job two of my very first apartments best places I've lived in like I've seen the face of this area change over the last like 20 years since I got my first job you know this area I lived in I lived a little bit further uh, north but this is basically where I worked as well and where I hung out and where I did my shopping. So it means a lot to me to be in downtown. Manhattan. Oh my God, like the three years before I left, there was a corner, I was like in the middle of three stores, Helmut Lang, Vince and Rag and Bone, which I spent all my money on. I called it the Bermuda Triangle of my, <laughs> of my finances. Like daily, in and out, living around it. I walk to work, by the Helmut Lang store. The sale goes on. I'm immediately aware of it. I walk by the sweatshirt that's in the window every day that I want, and I shouldn't be buying. So like that. That was a, that was a, that was a very unique two years around that time with those three stores. Let me ask you a question, Sarah. Do you still draw inspiration from being downtown? Always. I don't. I think I would be dead inside if I didn't come down here. That's another reason, like before, I mean, that's another reason why our current recording studio is downtown instead of, you know, like I try to have my co-working space uptown closer to where I live because it was convenient. But over time, I realized I need I need an excuse to bring myself downtown because just being around here, like just walking by Marion's and making friends with the guys that are opening Sunny Brown, like while coming here and like sitting outside at Gemma, like these are there's a familiarity of it that I feel comfortable here, but also it's cooler, there's space, there's greenery, like it's, I don't know. I feel renewed after, I feel renewed after our, our tour. I feel like there's all this art, which is wonderful. There's all this protest art, but there's just all this street art everywhere. It's so colorful. I forget how colorful downtown, not only the people and, and the people in, their, in the situations that they're in, but Every single wall seems to be adorned with murals, with well, paints. that's new. That's because a lot of places are boarded up, and then there were the protests. Yes. So the combination of this, this 
space and time in history right now that's what makes it unique i think like there isn't this much art there was always art on northwest corner of bowery in houston the big wall there the big wall there and then there's always like over the weekends there's always projection art that comes in oh okay um, so like when you live here you walk by that all the time There was this whole thing that started on a LinkedIn article some dude wrote about how New York is dead now, mm. post-quarantine. And then a week later, Jerry Seinfeld wrote an opinion piece, basically just venting back at this guy and and what it means to be a New Yorker. Because when I saw that article way before the Seinfeld response, I was like, this article just does not get what being a New Yorker means or what New York is about. When I lived in California, when I went there for grad school, people would ask me, where are you from? And I didn't want to get into this whole, like, well, I'm from Turkey, but I moved here from New York. So I was just like, I moved here from New York. And they'd be like, so how do you like LA? And I'd be like, oh my God, I hate it. You could see on their faces how they were sad and personally offended. Like I said, I hate your mom. And I, like, I learned over the two and a half years I lived in LA for school to say, I'm learning to love it. And you would see them glow and say, shake their head in approval and be like, mm hmm, that's great, that's so wonderful. In New York, you ask someone, how do you like it here? They say, no, I don't get it. Like, I don't like it. You're like, okay. It's fine. As a native New Yorker living here, I've developed this odd calm that comes with just being being in the city and also knowing the ebbs and flows maybe i have a slight bias there is no city like new york there's nowhere like it new york me. or nowhere and even during these times there is still life vibrancy emotion drama in the city and i i love it i absolutely love it when i i hadn't lived in New York long enough and I left for California and when I got there I realized if you can make it in New York you can make it anywhere is 100% BS because if you can make it in New York you love it so much that you can't make it anywhere else because it's never going to be enough because be the same. loving New York and making it in New York takes a different kind of personality person like you gotta love it with all its grit and drama and crap and highs and lows and there's nothing like it and if you love it past all of that nothing else will satisfy what you get out of the city all facets all facets have been been exposed it's not true we're living in a time where people are just slowly starting to get out of quarantine and they're slowly starting to see the city but at the same you know with that there's a whole new aspect of the city motorcycles going by there's a whole new aspect of the city that I am starting to uncover even just this walk that we just did downtown small circle as we made look at how much has changed look at how much has expanded look at how much looks different but also some things stay the same New York is always going to be a draw yeah you know? and this episode because we do it on Fridays and happens to fall on today I mean, the day that we aired this episode will be 9-11. This, I thought that it would be appropriate to call it our love letter to New York in our own exactly. way. Yes. To pay homage to so much lost then and so much being still lost today. Because as much as like now we're sitting out in a restaurant, 
the virus is still a reality and it's not all like cheers and giggles for other people still it's a, it's it's still a grim reality but also this is new york it it exists in this like two extremes of there the virus is still going around but we came back from it everybody was like you're still in new york this is so crazy you should get out of there and i'm like no you hunker down you stay in in your apartment and you get out when it's safe like i you ride out the storm and yeah we did and now we're here still and the rest of the country is where we were back in april and they're still refusing to do what we did <laughs> in a way but new york is it's the spirit of new york that got us out so this is kind of it happened to be because we dropped these on Fridays and this year's 9-11 happened to fall on a Friday. It just seems like an appropriate time to pay homage to the fact that we love this city so much and it is what made this friendship happen. Exactly. So that's the love letter to New York part. Well said. Thank you for hanging with us for a list of resources, places, um, artwork mentioned this episode. Hop onto our site, GatsbyFridays.com. You can find a recipe for a classic New York martini on our website, GatsbyFridays.com. For show notes, if you want to leave us a comment, suggest a topic, get at us on our site. Don't forget to rate us and give us five stars. Write a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps to get us in front of more ears and build our audience. Or if you're a Spotify person, make sure to follow us at Gatsby Fridays. Or follow us on Instagram at Gatsby Fridays. Stay with us on our next episode. We'll be talking about the design studio where Sarah and I met. This, this is, is Gatsby, Gatsby Fridays. Fridays. Well, this is what I miss this in New York. This is what it's about. To just be sitting on the sidewalk and seeing my friend's husband and son running down the sidewalk and be like, hey, hey going and like you know we all knew each other from that uh, branding agency. from the branding agency from like 20 years ago which is like which set me up for life so like we can go more into detail next week on that one but my very oldest friends are you two in New York you and her and we just run into her so I love it hi Zara <laughs>